Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire, Steven Universe fan podcast. This is episode 183, and today we'll be talking about Rebecca Sugar's next Adventure Time episode, The Real You. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Yeah, it's interesting, I watched this episode and I was having trouble finding, like, the Rebecca Sugar touch in it. So, when was this episode released? It aired on February 14th, 2011. Oh boy. Yeah, Adventure Time is old. And it's still running, isn't it? Uh, more or less. It's, uh, I think it's still got a few episodes yet to air. It's wrapping up. Okay, so, yeah, unfortunately I just haven't had the time to really get fully into the Adventure Time. I think I would enjoy it, uh, very much as a casual episode. It's a very cute sort of style, very unique. I liked the Worm College the best. <laughs> the Worm College. <laughs> that was I, the joke where he's like, uh, what was it, Wormy McSquirmy? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was in the roster, and and he didn't show up to a single class. That was, <laughs> depending on how late in the semester, he would have been dropped at that point. Ah, W McSquirmy. <laughs> <laughs> Nietzsche's Uberbench versus Mandroid. But I don't get it. Why didn't they just go to another class? Uh, because apparently that's the only class being taught at that college. Hmm. And there's just one professor. That was a cute joke. I liked... I, I really like the Adventure Time humor. I think it's just genuinely very wholesome and cartoony, but like in like a very well-spirited sort of way. I'll I'll agree with you on the cartoony thing. I, I was re-watching this episode, and when Finn like attacks the grill to you know when when the fire comes out i mean i i know that there's no catastrophe with the fire on the stage but i'm still just thinking oh nice going finn now there's going to be burning material all over the wood stage <laughs> it all works out yeah i definitely got the feeling that i was indeed watching a cartoon when i was watching this like it took me back to i guess it's just because the, i was watching adventure time kind of off and on when in, back in 2011 you know <sighs> Seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago. So, you know, because everyone else was moving on to their adult shows and I still like cartoons and it turned out that that would be a hobby of mine. But yeah, because so it it does kind of take me back because a lot of the shows sort of have like areas of, well, periods of like different kind of styles, I would say. So you have like you have the whole, like, large eras of cartoons. People call it, like, the Golden Age, and then this and that, and whatever. Yeah, like, the comics have the gold, silver, and bronze ages. Yeah, and so it's just, like, cartoons that all air at the same time all have a sort of similar feel to them. And Adventure Time was definitely one of those. It kind of has, like, a silly sort of, like, I wouldn't say all over the place, but very sort of, quote-unquote, random type of humor. I don't know, I'm just thinking of Secret Saturday, Symbionic Titan, Generator Rex. Secret Saturday is airing in 2011? No, not not, not in 2011, but like they were around. They were fairly contemporary. They they were at least contiguous. Secret Saturdays, didn't it? It it felt more like the Kim Possible sort of cartoon along those lines. But I'm just saying you you have that era and then you have Adventure Time leads us into the for the most part, more fun era. Although uh, Teen Titans Go has tried to tried to lead us into a I don't even just mean mean era. Yeah, it's going. The cartoons are kind of going back to being a bit mean spirited. Eh, 
what, what other cartoons have been following that trend, at least on the network? I'm trying to think. Nobody um, really. I mean, maybe a little bit Powerpuff Girls. We see how well that reboot is working out. Yeah. A regular time had like a touch of of that in it. I'm not saying necessarily that a mean-spirited show is... You, you called it Regular Time. I think that's a good name for the power duo. That's true. Regular Show and The Adventure Time both have a very, I think, similar feel to it. Although Regular Show, mm. its episodes were a lot more episodic. Like, it, it followed an almost Phineas and Ferb sort of the same thing happens basically every episode. But they it always has like a new twist or a new sort of plot, but it's the same sort of plot structure. Yeah, regular show is mundane things turning magical, and Adventure Time is finding the mundanity in the magical while still viewing it as magical. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it's it. It's like, yeah, magic is my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like regular show and Adventure Time definitely are of the same era. I would say regular show has been around almost as long as the Adventure Time, and they both sort of aired at the same time. They both reflect each other a lot in the kind of style of cartoon writing and characters and all that. Yeah, I'm not sure that they're all that similar, but I, I do not call them the power duo idly. They were they were Cartoon Network's heavy hitters for a while there, mm -hmm. even though they're both out of favor with the network now, being one done and one finishing. Yeah. Huh. Maybe maybe we'll have to seek. Uh, wisdom and regular show at one <laughs> point, but uh, I was listening to the commentary track for this episode, and I just want to say that the track is absolutely abysmal. It starts out with all of them deciding to say all of the lines like, hello, I'm Pendleton Ward, and I'm Adam Muto, and they say all that in unison. And then there oh. is three and a half minutes of Pendleton Ward playing the ukulele, because like on this season he's done a lot of cutting of the commentary tracks for whatever reason and for three and a half minutes straight he's just goofing off on the ukulele it's terrible oh but they do say some interesting stuff like you were talking about wanting to know where the rebecca sugar touch in this episode was mm -hmm. she was responsible for two of the key phrases of the episode that revelation that finn has that everything small is just a small version of something big Mm -hmm. She says, however incorrect that is, she got that from when she was in a science class and they were like looking at beetles through a microscope or whatever. And like someone in the class had that, you know, revelation. <laughs> so she, she says it's not right, but she loved the line and it stuck with her. And the, that whole thing where Finn's at the barbecue and he's like, we're all born to die. She got that one from a babysitter who greatly <laughs> upset her by just deciding... <laughs> I'm going to blow these kids' minds. <laughs> uh, that's actually really good. The kind of, like, nonsense sort of humor. I like that. Isn't Princess Bubblegum, though, like, a wordle? So. I don't know if she's immortal. She's very long-lived, though. I, I don't know that they've ever hinted that she actually physically ages. I mean, there's that time when she loses a lot of candy mass, but... That's not from the passage of time. That's from how much candy she has on her. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's when they introduce... Or is that when they introduce Earl Lemon Grab? You are asking the wrong person. Okay, well, I'm not the right person to ask either. I mean, I, I, could, I could check the wiki for it, and it would tell me whether that was his first appearance or not, but that's really neither here nor there. Uh, since we were talking about the everything small is just a small version of something big revelation, she also mentioned working hard on that Zoom sequence. And I, I did really like it. The uh, they, they 
said it was like something else, like Powers of Ten, that there was a similar zoom sequence from somewhere else, but I do like the whole zooming in on the atoms, and it turns out that there are galaxies in there, that he himself is inside there having that very revelation. Isn't that an old, old trope? Like, we, I sort of vaguely remember that being in Men in Black with the cat necklace, Orion's belt. Yeah, yeah, the... You know why I remember that sequence? Because I was a small child when I first watched that movie, and there was the cat mitt, and that's really all I cared about in the plot. Yeah, I don't think Men in Black's that old. Come on. I mean, Will Smith's not ancient. Will Smith is pretty old. Men in Black. 1997. I wasn't born yet. Okay, so maybe it's a little bit old. 97, really? Yeah. Huh. Wild. I like how everybody at the science barbecue is a computer or calculator of some description. Will Smith is 49. Except there's that one, like, android robot-y looking chick, and I guess one of those actually looks more like a Game Boy. We have a few BMO types. Computational devices. In Men in Black? Are we doing parallels of Men in Black in Adventure Time now? No, we're talking about the people who attended Bubble. Oh yeah, why were they all Game Boys? Why were they all like BMOs? Yeah, well, there are BMOs. There's a. T- I'm looking right now. There's like a tape recorder. You have two calculators. Some android-looking lady. Oh yeah, I'm looking at her too. Yeah, <laughs> the calculator is like the O zero or no, the zero O zero emoji. That's funny. Hmm. I like though when he's talking about making a bulleted list. It's a number three pencil. <laughs> It's just, no, we're not doing a number two pencil. We're not squares. Well, it's just it just refers to the hardness of the lead. A number three pencil would just be a little bit darker and a little bit softer. Yeah, I know. But like, if you say pencil, I'm going to think number two pencil. So the fact that it's anything but a number two pencil was very deliberate. Maybe he just likes to really etch out his notes. Yeah, an interesting fact is that on Scantrons, they're always like, use a number two pencil. It, it doesn't matter. As long as it I mean, fills the bubble. Dark is dark. Yeah, you I just could use that. A, You could use a felt-tip pen and be just fine. I mean, you'd bleed through to the other side, so that would be bad if it was a double-sided. Hmm. So I, I like the... I really like the, the Tesseract thing. The, <laughs> the, the above third-dimensional shapes are just wild. You know, because we exist in three dimensions. Well, we exist in three spatial dimensions. And one time. Oh, yeah, time, time, yeah. But time doesn't count. Time counts. I mean, I I guess nothing would count without time, but you know what I mean. (laughs) That's not what time counts. So it's like, is the fourth dimension a second time dimension? No, it's a a fourth spatial dimension. Fourth spatial, yeah, because that's usually what people refer to. A fourth spatial dimension. I'd like his to see his three-dimensional shadow that he cast on the table, but... You can't cast a three-dimensional shadow on a two-dimensional surface, so the three-dimensional shadow would actually be... Actually, no, it would be what we call the, the Tesseract. You, have you ever seen those physical models that have one cube inside of another? Mm-hmm. That is a three-dimensional shadow of a proper Tesseract, a four-dimensional cube. I vaguely remember hearing about that. I don't quite understand it, but I'll take their word for it. It, it, That's the equivalent of when you draw on the paper the two squares and you link them together and it looks like a cube, but it's on Mm -hmm. paper. Mm -hmm. That is the... That of a Tesseract. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm motioning confusingly with my hands as I say this. Well, considering I cannot see your hands, and neither can our dear listeners. Well, I, I, I'm just telling you that even if you could see him, you wouldn't be getting much out of it. <laughs> no, nothing gained. Hey, hey, Finn got a kiss from the princess, and even they, you know, we were talking about our confusion about is Lemon Grab first introduced in a particular episode or not. Not even all these people, not even Pendleton Ward knew if this was the first time that Bubblegum had kissed Finn. Adventure Time does have a lot of episodes. Yeah, but I mean, you'd think that Finn's first kiss from Bubblegum would stick out. I mean, this is a major ship tease right here. She like, because this is her realizing that he wants her heart. That's that's the thing he's going for. And she's like, oh, that's so cute. And then kisses him. You know, they're, they're, they're teasing it as like, maybe it could happen. Maybe. Yeah, didn't I vaguely remember in the show them specifically having like a sort of moral lesson that Bubblegum was not really for Finn, maybe because she's thousands of years old, and he mm. is a small boy. This would probably be around the time they did the Flame Princess thing, if I had to guess. Oh, I mean, I remember the commercials coming out for that. They hyped that up big time. Well, yeah, Flame Princess was hype. Hmm. Speaking of Will Smith, she was the new hotness. Yeah, I didn't get that reference. That's just him. Will Smith saying Will Smith things. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Will Smith has been in so many things. Like, just thinking back, Will Smith has so many movies of just, like, some are very iconic, like Men in Black, some are, like, a little bit more passerby, like, um, what was that one that came out? Uh, the one Bright. That, what about that, what about, yeah, well, that one where he directed for his kid? He directed a movie? Okay, I just closed yeah. this Will Smith Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's the one where you have the monsters, the consent sphere. Where was the one where he came back to Earth with his son? Was that that same one? That that has to be the one, because he, he played his son's father. <laughs> After Earth. After Earth, that's the Yeah, one. yeah, he's right there. After Earth, yeah, he's there with his son. Yeah, he's played a lot of unremarkable movies. But also, yeah. iRobot, oh, very good. I Am Legend, also. Hancock, Focus. And then a couple forgettables, like Independence Day. Okay, are you are you honestly calling Independence Day forgettable? To me, personally, yes. Okay, because uh, it's, it's got a good rep. Oh, he was in Shark Tale. Uh, oh, oh, my god! he played the main character, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That's funny. I mean, Will Smith in a movie with a main character who loves to sing. He better be the main character. Yeah, the sort of... Will Smith plays the wild card character. Just Now time. we just need to take it full circle and have a movie where his character meets Freddy Krueger. He already has a song where his character meets Freddy Krueger. Like Freddy versus Jason, but Freddy versus Will Smith. Um, I mean, can we have a movie that would go on for a little bit longer than that? <laughs> what? I mean, you know <laughs> Freddy can't have a stand hour, against those raps. A three-hour horror movie cash grab of Will Smith versus Freddy Krueger. Like, longer than the conventional movie. Not 90 minutes. Not I'm two probably hours. I'm gonna, probably going to cut all of our Will Smith discussion here. Will Smith is an icon and <laughs> deserves all the attention that we give him. I, I do want to know why the fourth-dimensional thing that Finn creates, or genius Finn creates, 
uh, well, just necessarily coalesce into a black hole. Like, I'm no physics expert. That's just to say, if you do something too much with science, anything dimension, just black hole. Yeah, like, if, if you science too hard, a black hole's just gonna happen, and Finn science too hard. I mean, that was all part of the plan. I mean, that's a... How, how much does he want a kiss from Princess Bubblegum, though, that he is willing to give up such a such an awesome artifact for that kiss. His his purpose was not for the kiss. It was for her attention and appreciation, I guess. His final bullet point on his bulleted list was winning the heart of the princess. Does it say in parentheses under there, be kissed on the cheek by Princess Bubblegum? No, that was just her allowing him to check that one off the list. <laughs> She's such a good sport. Also, we did make a pretty sweet barbecue. Oh, yeah. That was... What? Aren't, like, all the animals in this show sentient? Mm. And, like, can talk and have community? The worms that go to college. What are those yeah. chicken legs? Mm. Who died for that chicken? Or is it vegan I don't chicken? know that they're all sentient. I mean, there are a lot of sentient animals, but I don't think they're all sentient. Although the candy people don't keep livestock either. I mean, they are literally food people. That's the thing about cartoons, is, like, you try and have, like, a cool sort of premise that's, you know, unique or interesting or whatever, and then big old holes get put into it. It's like, it's like on Pokemon. Everybody eats meat, but they never show Pokemon being ranched to be <laughs> slaughtered for food. That's true. The Pokemon ranches are all Pokemon to be raised to be, you know, sent into not underground fighting rings, because these fighting rings are very much above ground. They compete for... Social status, Honor and glory. canon. Well, in Pokemon, you, some Pokemon descriptions, the Pokemon are specifically adapted to hunt other Pokemon. Like, there's this one, I'd say this very tentatively, one anteater Pokemon that eats one of the ant mm. Pokemon. It's like in the Pokedex. The Pokedex. Yep, the Pokedex. Mm -hmm. So I remember seeing mm. that and I was like, oh, Pokemon that are canonically eaten. Interesting. So, the real you may not be, like, the most consequential episode, although, again, three and a half minutes of ukulele on the commentary track. <laughs> why, Pen? Why? <laughs> what did I do to you? Yeah, that is, like, a third of the episode, plus some. Mm -hmm. But, eh, I I really did. I, I like listening to the commentary tracks, because, at least on all the Rebecca Sugar episodes so far, they've had an interesting tidbit. So it's all worth it if, if we could just have better ukulele music playing while we search. <laughs> if it was at least Rebecca Sugar playing the ukulele. Yes, she is. A, mm, we're, we're, we're eventually going to get to, uh, well, eventually the, the final one she did was Simon and Marcy. So that'll be a music episode or at least an episode with some good music to talk about. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be a long time from now. Yeah, even... I mean, she's written more songs for Adventure Time since then. Everything Stays being one of them that I remember off the top of my head. Yes, I mean, she sang it. Well, she she voice acted for it, didn't she? Yeah, she she played... She played Marceline's mother, yeah. Yeah, Marceline's mom. Her real human mother. She was human, right? Yes, tentatively. Marceline's mom. <laughs> Click. Oh, yeah, she's totally a human. I mean... She can look human and not always be human. Yeah. But 
I don't even remember the whole Adventure Time lore. Wasn't it there was a nuclear war? Yep, the Mushroom War. And all the humans, when Finn's the last human, all the humans were like animal hats. Hmm. Something, something. Uh. <laughs> as, long, as long as you respect the fact that Werewolf Queen would win in any fight with anyone ever, I, I think we'll all be okay. Adventure Time had a Werewolf Queen? No, it's just the the phytonomics professor is a huge werewolf queen. queen. Oh, you okay? I was like, I need to look this up this instant. No, I oh trust me, I clicked. It had a hyperlink, and I clicked. It's like no, unfortunately, this is just a thing saying that he talked about her in this episode, and that's I don't know why I even hyperlinked to this. To be honest. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a pretty freaking accurate parody of college. Just. Especially in literature, who and who would win in a fight comes up a lot in college Who discussion. would win in a fight? Hamlet or the ghost of Hamlet's dad? Well, see, that's relevant because they're both in the same story. Try getting two characters that are nowhere even in the same genre, the same medium, hmm. to in a fight contest because they somehow share, I don't know. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern trying to grift on Huck Finn's turf. What was what I remember? No, it was something at like... <laughs> what was it? What was it? What was it? I just had this English class. It was Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut, his main character, Billy something. How would he stand up against uh, Doctor Who? That was the discussion that happened in class. It was like 15 minutes. <laughs> How would anyone stand up against Doctor Who? Well, I can tell you who would be winning that fight. <laughs> well, he didn't. Well, Billy in Slaughterhouse Five, that was it. Billy in Slaughterhouse Five had no control over the passage of time. He just did it. It just happened. It, that, that book made no sense at all. In any way, shape, or form. Like, of all the time travel plots that I've seen, it's the most just out there i guess i did not like slaughterhouse five <laughs> uh, anyway that's us <laughs> done about the real you join us next week until then i'm gc13 and i'm sophia leave us a review on itunes later everybody our opening and closing music is by james roach for more steven universe fan related content please visit lunarcspire.com thank you for listening